welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more. Give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, will be joining us. Boo Mortensen, we'll find out what's new with Boo. Seat Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And uh, my wife, Linda, will be joining us. She writes greetings from paradise. It is January the 25th, and on this day in 1961, President John F. Kennedy became the first United States president to hold live televised uh, news conference. From a podium in the State Department Auditorium, Kennedy read a prepared statement regarding the famine in, Ch- in uh, Congo, the release of two American aviators from Russian custody, and an impending negotiation for an atomic test ban treaty. He then opened the floor for questions from reporters, answering queries on a variety of topics, including relations with Cuba, voting rights, and food aid to impoverished Americans. Ever since he televised American, the presidential debate with Richard Dixon in 1960, Kennedy had been aware of the media's enormous power to sway public opinion. On that day, Kennedy had appeared rested, well-groomed, and in control. Nixon, on the other hand, was not as telegenic as Kennedy and appeared sweaty and flustered. His five o'clock shadow created more of a stir than his responses to the moderator's questions. Kennedy knew that in the televised news conference, his appearance would co- court or count almost as much as what he said. On that day in 1961, the president exhibited a calm demeanor and responded to reporters' questions with intelligence and decorum. Kennedy's ability to project charm, intelligence, strength, and openness defined the presidential image in the age of mass media. certainly did. I mean, absolutely true that Nixon looked like he had a 5 o'clock shadow and he looked uncomfortable. And what he just needed was some practice, perhaps in just a, a couple of hours of practice. In front of the media, he would have been just as uh, just as sophisticated, appearing, and uh, confident as Kennedy. But he didn't, and uh, lost him the election. Well, Governor Ron DeSantis demanding the Biden administration reverse its sudden and reckless decision to revoke emergency use authorization for Regeneron and Eli Lilly, uh, Lilly monoclonal antibody treatment. This abrupt and unilateral action by the Biden administration will prevent access to life-saving treatments for Floridians and Americans. This is just outrageous. I can't believe this has happened. First, the Biden administration goes in and buys up all the supply of monoclonal antibodies, uh, which DeSantis had decided beforehand beforehand to distribute to Floridians and make available in the event that they had gotten COVID. And now it's inaccessible because uh, Biden controls it. Uh, again, everything is politics for Biden. He's not concerned about our health at all. In our field of medicine, when someone comes to you and seeking a treatment that could save your life, it's essential to have treatment options to ensure health care providers can make the best decisions for their patients, said Surgeon General Joseph Lopato. The federal government has failed to adequately provide the United States with adequate outpatient treatment options for COVID-19. Now they're scrambling to cover up a failure to, dis- to deliver on a promise to shut down the virus. As a result of this abrupt and clinically unsupported action, the appointments for more than 2,000 Floridians to receive the treatment were canceled on the 25th. This decision alone was solely by Biden's Food and 
Drug Administration without advance warning to states or health providers and without clinical data to support the decision. Just absolutely outrageous. Outrageous that the Biden administration would do this. I mean, obviously the supply is available. There's no announcement that it's not. He just cut off the supply to kill Floridians, what it amounts to. Over the course of two years, scientists, researchers across the nation have worked hard to bring us treatments that are both safe and effective. One of those treatments has been monoclonal antibodies. This treatment has saved thousands of lives in Florida across the nation. Let that sink in for a little while. Does the president care about your health? I don't think so. All he talks about is the jab. Well, last year, doctors, American doctors and nurses and paramedics were celebrated as frontline heroes battling a fearsome new pandemic. Today, under Joe Biden, tens of thousands of those same heroes are denounced as rebels, conspiracy theorists, extremists, and potential terrorists, along with massive numbers of police, firemen, Border Patrol agents, uh, Navy SEALs, pilots, air traffic controllers, and countless other truly essential Americans. They're all considered so dangerous as to merit termination. Their professional and personal lives turned upside down due to the decision not to be injected with experimental COVID vaccines. Biden's tyrannical mandate threatens to cripple American society from law enforcement to airlines to commercial supply chains to hospitals. It's already happening, but the good news is that the huge number of yesterday's heroes are now fighting back bravely and boldly. I don't know if you had a chance to see it yesterday uh, morning, but Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin convened a panel featuring critics of the COVID-19 vaccines and the federal government's response to the pandemic, including Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Peter McCullough. It was fantastic. McCullough asked for a show of hands of physicians, scientists and health experts on the panel and in attendance who personally have witnessed censorship, intimidation, or professional reprisal and damage as a result of the advocacy for pa patients. I want this to be recorded, he said in a formal poll. He estimated a show of hands that was about 80% of the people in the room. There must have been 50 people in the room. Invitations were extended to CEOs of Pfizer and Moderna, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, Rochelle Walensky, and other individuals who have developed, promoted, and led the response to the pandemic over the last few years. Needless to say, none of them accepted. The panel discussion on global pan pandemic response looked at what we went right, what went wrong, and what should be done now, and what needs to be addressed long term. And God bless Ron Jan Johnson. He actually did it. He asked everybody to participate that did participate to speak in not in uh, scientific, but rather in layman's terms. The panel discussed censorship from big tech and the mainstream media, pandemic response effects on children, and the vaccine mandate impact on worker shortage. <clears throat> John has hosted events featuring the testimonies of people injured by COVID-19 vaccines and has chaired Senate hearings and suppression of COVID-19 treatments in the past. This was just a Linda and I watched uh, almost the entire thing. It was just fantastic and uh, covered things like uh, suppression of ivermectin, of uh, hydroxychloroquine, and other therapeutics that have not been used primarily because everybody's insisting that you get the jab. And, of course, a lot of information about uh, how people have been harmed by uh, the vaccines as well. But outstanding panel. I'm going to include a link on uh, my newsletter, and if you'd like to receive the newsletter and, and aren't on the list now, 
just send me an email at bobhardnethotmail.com, bobhardnethotmail.com. Uh, Five-hour conference, so you may you can skim through it, but uh, very much worth watching. Well, the Pentagon on Monday replaced 8,500 U.S. troops on heightened preparedness to deploy in Eastern Europe. As tensions grow in the uh, Russian border of Ukraine, Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby made the announcement Monday during a press conference. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin will deploy the troops at the direction of President Joe Biden. And when asked if troops would deploy within the next 72 hours, Kirby responded, Today we are not talking about deployment orders. We have no deployment orders to speak to. I'm just going to leave it at that, he said. The thousands of troops included additional brigade combat teams, logistical personnel, medical support, aviation support, intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance, according to Kirby. We'll continue to provide updates in the coming days about these decisions, but specifically, this will ensure that the United States and our commitment to the NRF as it's, is consistent with their readiness for rapid deployment again, if activated, Kirby said. Uh, the NRF is 40,000 strong NATO response force. Uh, Senate uh, Department, State Department spokesman Ned Price on Monday said the Russians know we are prepared to engage. Reports first emerged Sunday that Biden was weighing sending troops to Eastern Europe and the Baltics. So looks like, again, <laughs> political response. He's trying to save his image. And, of course, the polls right now are absolutely disastrous. So what do you do? As a politician, you change the scent, create a stir in the Ukraine. Why in, in the world the United States has an interest in what's happening on the borders of Ukraine, I have no idea. seems to me we should be paying attention to what's happening on the border here in the United States where uh, people are coming in illegally by the thousands every day. It's a shame. It's awful. And it's the President of the United States that's responsibility to enforce the laws of the country, and he's violating that promise and that commitment to the American people. It's unconstitutional. Well, the Southwest Florida Wine and Food Fest raises $2 million at Fort Myers Auction. It's for the kids. The wine flowed. The auction paddles went up and down, and the winning bibs kept on coming. And by the end of the afternoon, Southwest Florida Wine and Food Festival raised $2 million at Saturday's charity auction. The money goes to the Fort Myers state-of-the-art Golisano Children's Hospital. Kelly Burns uh, couldn't believe it when the total came in at Suncoast Credit Union Arena in South Fort Myers. This is an amazing day, she said, and oh my gosh, what an afternoon. Thank you to all, said Kelly Burns. Uh, and again, just amazing how generous the people are here in the Paradise Coast to support private charities, not counting on government to provide the support for the needs of children and people who are less fortunate. Well, the Supreme Court agreed Monday to hear challenges to the admissions process at Harvard University of North Carolina and uh, University of North Carolina. Uh, presenting the most serious threat in decades to the use of affirmative action by the nation's public and private colleges and universities. Now, this is just great news because affirmative action is absolutely the antithesis of what should be included and what should be, uh, uh, the Constitution clearly reads that we're all created in the image of God and we are, are individuals treated equally. Affirmative action does the exact opposite. Despite similar challenges, the court has repeatedly upheld affirmative action in the past, but two liberal justices who were key in those decisions are gone, Anthony Kennedy and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Their replacements, Trump appointees Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, are conservative and considered less likely to find the practice constitutional. In the latest case, a group backed by a longtime opponent of affirmative action, Edward Bloom of Maine, 
sued Harvard in federal court claiming its undergraduate admission systems discriminated against Asian American students. Our court ruled that the school's limited consideration of race was a legitimate effort to achieve more diverse student body. In the second case, the group alleges UNC refused to use uh, workable race-neutral alternatives to achieve the stated goal of diverse student body. Public schools have no legitimate interest in maintaining a precise racial balance, the group wrote in this brief to the court. Same 14th Amendment that required public schools to dismantle segregation and Brown versus Board education cannot be cowed by the diktats of university administrators. So well said. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear the cases and widely seen as an indication the court could be willing to reverse and revisit its precedents on affirmative action and end the use of racial, racial classifications in admissions altogether. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Be a great step forward for the United States in terms of getting back to the roots of the Constitution. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Higher Senior Resources at the Golden Gate Senior Center goes a long way towards keeping seniors connected in the community and with each other. Serving all of Collier County, the Senior Center provides comprehensive information regarding resources and services that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers, empowering seniors to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Programs are offered free of charge in a safe, welcoming space and focus on fellowship, enrichment and wellness, continuing education and meeting basic needs through offerings such as daily hot lunch, health screenings, and counseling services. So whether you're looking for referrals to services or a vibrant place to make friends, enjoy community support, or learn something new, Collier Senior Resources at the Golden Gate Senior Center is your Collier Senior Center. To learn more about programs and services, please visit CollierSeniorResources.org. That's CollierSeniorResources.org. Or call the Senior Center directly at 239 239- 252-4534. That's 
Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their boards and, among other things, providing policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting, visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. Right now, we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. Yeah, I was just listening to the commercial for the Golden Gate Community Center. Terrific organization, and I know that you and your family have been so supportive. Oh, yeah. You know, it's such a win-win for the community, um, particularly located in Golden Gate, which is walkable for a lot of our seniors that, that are living at home, um, and they can walk there. There's also public transportation. I think the cat goes by, and, and it's an opportunity for those that are that are living alone or or family is up north to uh, you socialize. They have classes. It's just a wonderful, wonderful facility. Great resource here in Collier County, and I hope that if uh, you're aware, I'm just speaking to our listeners, of any of Anyone who is perhaps uh, lonely, who's uh, isolated, uh, this is a great opportunity, a great resource to provide support. Uh, the uh, Golden Gate Community Center uh, by this uh, Senior Resource Center here in Collier County. Kathleen, uh, I know you're in session right now. How's it going? Well, it's, it's moving slow in one hand. The bills are slowly moving through the system. Um, we're working on the budget. It's sort of quiet right now. The big, the big events, of course, were last week. The Senate passed the um, uh, Senate map for for the redistricting process and the congressional our version of the congressional map, and uh, the House on their their map and and their version of the congressional map. And we'll I I think we'll finish our work for the Senate and House maps in the next couple of weeks. And I'm not sure how long it's going to take for the congressional map. Senate, the uh, governor filed his own map, which is kind of different. And so we need to take a look at that. But we've already passed ours in the uh, Senate. Hopefully the House will uh, agree with us. Um, one of the things I did want to mention is I'm, look, I'm, I'm in my office right now, and I'm looking at some communications from last night. The governor's office um, just sent out a press release that the FDA has um, has closed um, or removed treatment authorization, the monoclonal uh, antibody treatment. So they're the we're going to have to close all of our treatment facilities, including the one in Collier. So there's about 2,000 people that signed up for the monoclonal treatment that won't be able to get it. And I'm I'm just shaking my head as to why they're doing it. Um, Breaking news, I guess. Outrageous. Just, I've covered that earlier in the show. It is, that's purely a political ploy against the governor and the state of Florida uh, to, 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 if it's available, I mean, it should be an announcement. It's not available. We've run out. There's nothing like that. They're just saying we're cutting off the supply. It's just, and I guess it's to encourage people to quote unquote get the jab, huh? I don't I have no idea. It well, it, it doesn't make sense. So um, there was emergency use authorization, federal government, FDA, um, um, a year ago because I I had the monoclonal antibody treatment yeah. when I had COVID last January. I went in, I had it, I had so, and, and that was the Delta variant, and I had very little uh, um, effects from from the uh, from the COVID, and, and my husband also had the monoclonal. I think it's ridiculous to take away that tool 
for people who've been, you know, we follow protocol, but we still got COVID and the monoclonal work. I, I don't get it. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Everything's political. He just, you know, it's just everything he seems to do is is just a real turnoff. I'd like to be able to say that I support the president in some way, or shape, or fashion, but everything he does seems to be just a complete turn <laughs> turnoff. It's just, he, and it, and and he's so material too. He's trying to um, he's trying to uh, appeal to his base, uh, the progressives, but at the same time, there's a lot of moderate Democrats that are shaking their heads at. Uh, it's it's really difficult. And the other thing I noticed, you know, all the permitting issues from that we need from DGA, uh, they're slowing down in Florida. They're basically uh, penalizing Florida for standing up for freedom and rights. Yeah, um, and it's it's unbelievable. You know, Catherine, I know you've got a lot on your plate, and there's a lot of legislation to be considered, but I'd like to just highlight a comment that the governor made about he would sign a, a, a 15-week, I believe it is, a 15-week abortion bill if uh, uh, put on his desk, if sent to his desk. I want to get your thoughts on that. Well, right now, um, the Supreme Court has, has basically said uh, the, the, the defining date is viability. Uh, no, no abortions if the fetus is viable. Right, of course, right now there's um, uh, uh, exemptions for rape, incest, if the uh, the wife and the mother, etc. If it, but if it, 24 weeks is what it has been, and science has gone developed to the point where 15 week fetuses are surviving. So the difference between 15 and 24 is is a, is a, um, a huge difference in the life of the obviously these fetuses. The second thing, too, is that I wasn't aware of, that um, 75% of the abortions performed in Florida are, are done in the first six uh, weeks anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's very rare it, it goes beyond that. So I, I think um, the bill is a, is a good uh, solution. I, I think I would like to have a conversation about uh, excluding rape and incest. Right now that's not in the bill. I don't know if it'll, it'll come in or not. If you're a purist, you would say, well, 15 weeks is 15 weeks. Um, but, you know, we're talking about it. We're having a very robust discussion, and we'll see what happens at the, uh, at the end. Yeah, I just underscore my, my opinion and uh, is that, you know, a woman should have a right to her own body, be able to make her own choices. However, murder is illegal, and if once that life is established, uh, with a pain that we have a, if a fetus can experience pain or a heartbeat or has anything that indicates that life is there she, it, you know in my opinion I think it's murder so and of course we more we learn the more scientific evidence we have the closer to inception the, the whole thing uh, becomes so uh, we need to err on the side of safety quite frankly in my opinion so uh, it's just so interesting to see how this has all developed, and I just really support the governor as well as the legislature for making this consideration. Yeah, and just real quick, quickly, um, it seems very simple to me. The state has a obligation to uh, protect its citizens, and um, so we do have an obligation to protect the mother. But at some point, the the baby, the child, is also we also have an obligation to uh, protect. And so that's that's really important. Yeah, they are these little fetuses have no one else but us. Right. So I think that's really where we're going with it. Uh, that's good to hear. Well, uh, any other quick uh, uh, highlights before we uh, move on? 
Well, you know, just stay tuned. We we will be three session. Um, you know, we'll be working on the budget over the next couple of weeks. That's a big thing. Every I have a lot of people coming up to the Capitol that are asking for money. It's it's everybody's asking for more money. Um, and of course, the problem is, although we have some federal funds this year, we're going to have them next year. So we have to be careful when we do budget. Um, uh, you know, a budget allocation. Yeah. Interesting. Again, Kathleen Pasadena, our state senator. Just so grateful for your taking time for our listeners, Kathleen. I know you're so busy. I just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen, a lighter slider of the show. We'll find out what's new with Boo. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshire Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by Golf Shore Playhouse. Not only building a new performing arts center in downtown Naples, it's going to be beautiful, but bringing you right now terrific, professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can get tickets now by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, and as usual, Bob, we are always promoting private enterprise. Americans 
getting out there, creating their own jobs. And one of the biggest success stories is Walmart. So I'm going to give you some statistics about Walmart, which are shocking. And then we'll talk about how well the government has done. (laughs) Okay. The first one is, okay, Americans spend $36 million at Walmart every hour of every day. Wow. That works out to $21,000 of profit every minute. Wow. That's a lot of tamales. Walmart is a lot of tamales. Walmart is bigger than Home Depot, Kroger, Target, Sears, Costco, and Kmart combined. Walmart employs 1 million people and is the world's largest private employer, and most speak English. Hmm. Walmart now sells more food than any other store in the world. And lastly, the last bit of information about Walmart is 90%, of all Americans live within 15 miles of Walmart. Amazing. So let's see how the government's doing. The U.S. Postal Service was established in 1775. They had 246 years to get it right, and it's broke. (laughs) Yes, it is. So the security was established in 1935. They had 86 years to get that right, and it is broke. Fannie Mae was established in 1938. They had 71 years to get that right, and it is broke. Freddie Mac was established in 1970. They had 51 years to get that right, and it is broke. And lastly, the Department of Energy was created in 1977 to lessen our dependence on foreign oil. It since has ballooned to 16,000 employees with a budget of $24 billion a year, and we import more oil than ever before. Yeah. They had 44 years to get that right, and it is an abysmal failure. And you know, so there you have our government service in action. And, and, you know, just in defense of the uh, Social Security Administration, they they actually send out checks on time. They do a good job of communicating a lot. The only problem is it's broke. <laughs> you know, there's no there's no money. I mean, the, the, it's out of money, uh, which it, it, uh, it has already passed the point where it's sending out more money than it's bringing in in the Social Security Administration. So uh, even sometimes... Uh, well, it, they are all broke, no question about it. And uh, these are things, Department of Energy should have never been created. Department of Education yeah. should never have been created. Uh, and we could go on. Yeah, that's that's the problem. And, uh, you know, here we have retired seniors living on fixed incomes, and mm-hmm. they receive nor aid, nor do they get any breaks. However, we've got... Kids going to bed hungry. We've got the elderly going without medications, mentally ill without treatment, but the illegals get everything free. Yeah. I somehow What's wrong some, with this picture? Yeah, we got our priorities kind of screwed up. And, you know, if we, we started this uh, great society under Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, and to eradicate poverty in the United States. You know, you remember that book by Michael Harrington called The Other America, which we all read, and as a consequence, we ended up with a great society. And good old mm-hmm. Lyndon Johnson said <laughs> afterwards, after he signed the bill, those niggers are going to vote for us for the next 200 years. That was his comment. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, where are we today, right now? We're divided. Well, everything that's happened is just intervention in the entire problem. Wouldn't it be a lot better just to, I, I, I read that the Southwest Florida Food Fest 
uh, raid, Food and Wine uh, Fest raised $2 million for Children's Hospital, Golisano Children's Hospital. Now, that's, that's the effective and efficient way to do it. The Immokalee Foundation uh, the, uh, and the, what they do with the, uh, with the wine festival here in Naples, just amazing what they can do. And it, the money is used in such a, a profitable, such a, uh, an effective way. Right. There's good governance and it's private enterprise, uh, entrepreneurship doing that. The individual person is stepping up. Our government is, uh, is a, a wreck. It's a mess. Yeah. I think maybe we ought to hire some of the executives from Walmart and Costco and say, you got one year to turn this ship around. Well, you know, we, in a sense, that's kind of what Trump was trying to do. You know what the problem is? That the swamp is so deep, and we now have these union uh, rules, so it's impossible to fire people in the federal government. So they end up having their positions, and they slow walk yeah. stuff. They they're obstreperous. They get in the way of progress. Uh, and and the sad fact of the matter, even even somebody like Donald Trump, who's so committed to uh, helping people. Uh, and helping America, making America great again, uh, bureaucrats get in the way. It's the nature of the beast. It is. It is. So do you shop at Walmart? Uh, yeah. Every so often I go over there and, and uh, not, a, not on a, a regular basis. Like if I have to get toys for the kids or whatever or you know, you again. I think, okay, I'm only going to get two things, and then I walk out with eighty. Yeah. Um, but I don't go on a regular basis. But I have to say that it's always very crowded there. There's always a lot of people that are there, and um, I think Walmart's a great store. We have a superstore in Madison, and I go over there. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, there's no question. You see stores like Walmart now, that, you know, they were accused of putting a lot of small mom-and-pop shops out of business in places like West Virginia and so forth. But it's been a major plus for uh, people all over the country. It's had a big impact on retail marketing. And now take a look and see what's happened with Amazon and with Whole Foods and with uh, Seed to Table, which is one of my favorites here in town. Uh, do a great job in terms of just not only providing great food, and but also and great choices, but great value as well. Oh yeah, it's expensive. Uh, seed to table. You know, I go over there every so often. I kind of bop around, but um, their food is wonderful. Uh, but it's it's uh, pretty pricey. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, for example, if you get uh, just use an example of a cut cut fruit uh, that which I enjoy eating in the morning. Uh, you know, some places you get it, it just has no taste. It tastes like cardboard. It's hard. It's <laughs> hard to eat. Everything is so fresh at seed to table. One thing you can assure of, maybe you pay a little bit more, but it's going to be good. It's really going to be good. Yes, and their soups are fabulous. Yeah. Oh, my heavens, their soups are the best. So, yeah, it's a great, it's a great grocery store it's kind of offbeat a little bit but that's what makes it very appealing yeah we have a lot of choices of, of grocery stores here yeah but at walmart i mean you can get toys you can get clothing you can get lots of other stuff and get your groceries you know it sort of hasn't the um, the way americans buy food has changed so much like we were talking about instacart 
and how you can just call up Instacart. You have a subscription. You call it up. You say, I want, you give them a list of what you need. And now they also pick up ready-made meals from Publix, and they will deliver them to you within 30 minutes. Isn't that something? Unbelievable. Yeah, and you're right. The convenience is just really amazing. Uh, and what's happened, the Internet, so many different changes for the positive and also some changes for the negative as well. Boo Mortens, it is always a pleasure to find out what's on your mind. As Forrest Gump once said, it's just like eating a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> That's very true, Bob. Uh, Gird your loins. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with Seat Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months, finally having exhausted all alternatives for pain management. Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education and the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Seton Miley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. You know, exist through a society scope and sphere of influence of government, and very few people do. Yeah, well, we're we're doing it here in Florida to some degree, and I'm pretty pleased about that. Yes. 
You wrote a great column. Intel's $20 billion U.S. semiconductor factory, a good first of many necessary steps. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, Intel announced uh, last over the weekend or late last week that they're going to build a $20 billion semiconductor factory in Ohio. Now, first of all, it's interesting that they didn't choose somewhere in the Portland area because that's where a lot of their offices are located and everything, but they looked at the governmental landscape of Oregon and the governmental landscape of Ohio, I guess, and chose Ohio. Yeah. Um, so this is a big deal. We, we ha- First of all, we've had part of the you know, uh, supply chain shortage has been a global chip, uh, computer chip shortage, not just here but around the world. And again, like with the other things we learned during the pandemic, Lo and behold, China controls a lot of the semiconductor production. Um, And this is a problem because everything computer has chips in it. And and so this is a very important first step. Now, I I got yelled at in the comments on, on a conservative publication, Red State, for not mentioning that we should lower taxes and regulations as a way to attract Semiconductor. I, I just assumed that was a given. I, you know, I'd already written 1,100 words. So how much further could I go? Right. Um, but the point I made is, not only does China use slave labor, because Intel recently had a huge PR, uh, you know, messaging comment idiocy. Much like that guy who's a minority owner of the Golden State Warriors, they apologized. They said, you know, something negative about. China and slave labor, the Uyghurs, and then China got angry at them, and they apologized and genuflected and, and, uh, and all that. So I said maybe in part this $20 billion plant is, is a very expensive PR damage control move. But anyway, they're building it. it we need many more. Now, of course, government, uh, the Chinese government enslaving people to work making chips is a subsidy, right? I mean, right. you if if you can pay nothing for workers, it's less than if you pay something for workers. Right. Um, and of course, the other well, the other side of that coin is well, one of the other sides of that die is China mass subsidizes chip manufacturing companies as well as every other company on the, that they can get their hands on. They mass subsidize them to locate there or relocate there or whatever. And as I say in the piece, I'm as conservative as anybody you're ever going to meet. I'm anti-deluvian. Yeah. But but conservatism is not a suicide pact. Right. And, you know, we, we, we enact policy in the world we live in, not in the world we wished to have lived, to live in. We wish to live in. And... There's a bill for Congress that's kind of gotten installed. I think it passed the Senate in June of last year. And then, they, you know, as I've been writing about other topics, we've been beating a dead horse for a year. You know, there's Build Back Better and yelling at Mansion and Cinema, and they, they haven't moved an inch. And one of the bills that got lost in the shuffle that needs to get passed is this semiconductor bill. And it's got money in it to bribe semiconductor companies. Now, under normal circumstances, under utopian circumstances, I would be opposed to it. Right. But China's subsidizing. We can't make them stop subsidizing, so we have to subsidize. It's not optimal, 
but it's it, you know it's not the best, but it's the best of a bad situation. Well, you could put it and, under the head. You could put it under the heading of a national security issue for sure. Of course it is. A- and the number number two issue. Did I read a headline that the House of Representatives has de- decided to uh, delay the vote on this for seven months? Yeah, they keep kicking it down the road. Like I said, the Senate passed it in June of last year. Wow. So you know this this has been there, and you know. And the House has basically done nothing in a holding pattern over LaGuardia, waiting for the Senate the leftist caucus to, you know, beat Cinema and Mansion about the head and shoulders on this Build Back Better bill. Yeah. So D.C. has come to a standstill. I've written this for months and months now. There's lots of bipartisan stuff that they could do. They're, they agree on some stuff right. that's important. Uh, privacy legislation on our digital data. Yeah. Um, that, we're in, the, we're in the decade two of big tech, and we have zero law regarding our digital data because DC's owned by big tech, and they're screwing around. But there's bipartisan legislation to deal with it. Yeah. Um, this bill, bipartisan, people want this passed, but we, you know, we, we're so the Democrats are so myopically focused on things they can't do. That's awful. They are doing things they can do that's actually really good. Well, I think the Democrats, what they're saying is, look, this is a bipartisan bill. We, we, we'd like to vote it because it'll make us look good, but it'll also make the Republicans look good so we can't pass it. That's pro- that's probably a large part of it. Yes, exactly. Unbe- unbelievable, Seton. I, you know, and this issue is so important. I mean, the reason why our car prices are going up, you tell you semiconductors are such an important part now of manufacturing on all levels. And uh, we we need to take control of it. And, and um, let's it, go let's go back fifty years and pretend we we had a screw so, uh, a bolt shortage. Yeah, you know it's that fundamental to everything we do now, right. and it's only going to get more fundamental as we get more digital. Unbelievable! Again, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, I encourage you to visit the website lessgovernment.org. Great columns by Seton. You can also visit uh, Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She is my wife. She's also writes uh, Greetings from Paradise, which many people embrace and love. She's asked, people are asking to subscribe to it all the time. If you've not heard about it, you can go to my website, bobharden.com, and just do go to the pull-down tab, Greetings from Paradise. There you'll find well, I think probably Greetings from Paradise for about the last year. She's been uh, sparse in her contributions lately. She has written a lot, but as she says, there's not a lot going on here in the Paradise Coast. So in any event, uh, she's going to be on the show. We're going to be talking about a number of things probably unrelated to what's happening here on the Paradise Coast. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. 
For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity, maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. You can find out more and uh, download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. We have with us Linda Harden. She's my wife, my lovely wife. She also is the author of Greetings from Paradise. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. I'm tired of it being cold. Oh, I know. It's <laughs> it's pretty chilly out there, but I think it's warming up today. Say, uh, yesterday we watched Tucker Carlson today and uh, Rod Blagojevich, I think I'm pronouncing that correct, Blagojevich, uh, was his guest. I was shocked and astounded how bright and uh, how interesting that guy was after, what he said, eight years in prison for his right, but, but I mean, he was governor of Illinois. Right. So, uh, and and the media, I don't know if you got this impression, but during the the entire time he was governor of of Illinois, and and after his indictment, the media played him up to be a real dope, and he came across as absolutely the opposite. He was the opposite, and uh, also uh, the media played him up as also being a crook. And uh, ba based on that interview with Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson does a pretty good job of interviewing. Uh, I think it, he's not as good as you. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you for that. But, uh, you know, point is, I think for our listeners benefit, if you have a chance to go to, uh, I guess it's called uh, Fox Nation. You can subscribe for 90 days at no cost whatsoever. You can also get it at TuckerCarlson.com. Yeah, some good stuff, though, on there. I just enjoy his his interviews. He's done some astounding interviews, over 100 interviews that he's done now on Tucker Carlson today and one as good as the next, so just highly recommend it. Hey, the other thing we did together yesterday is we watched Ron Johnson's panel. Senator. Senator Ron Johnson's panel on uh, COVID-19, and I was just, uh, I, I'm encouraging our listeners, just make sure that you have a chance to find out the information of that panel, because it's going to be 
not covered by the mainstream media at all, I'm uh, sure. And, and, oh, by the way, guess who didn't mention it um, this morning is Fox. They, they won't touch it. They won't touch it. That's crazy because the information, I mean, you, you had uh, doctors uh, Robert Malone and Dr. Peter McCullough who were on the panel, and, and uh, that, that's just two of the astounding names that were there. Pierre and Corey kept saying this is totally, uh, everything that's going on is, is, is corrupt, total corruption. Total corruption. Uh, great panel, and I'm, I'm going to include the link uh, on my uh, newsletter that I send out. And if you don't get the newsletter, and would like to receive a link to the uh, thing. This is on Rumble. You can go to Bob Harden at send me an email at Bob Harden at Hotmail dot com. What are some of the highlights in the? What did you hear that you thought was so important? Um, I well, there are so many. I mean, we yeah. don't have enough time. I know uh, that Dr. Christina Parks, who I who I follow on Telegram, was was amazing. Um, Malone, like you said, was almost poetic in in the way he talked. I mean. That guy is so smart, but but he's so believable and and so concerned about um, how they're pushing children to get this vaccine. Yeah. Bottom line, what I saw is uh, first of all, uh, they they are really hampering the medical community to provide good good medical coverage and and good health care for because of the intimidation tactics they're using for hospitals and doctors, and uh, the consequence is actually. I personally am very concerned about. I do not ever want to go to a hospital. Or well, isn't that what they said? One of the one of those people said your hospitals aren't safe. That's right. I mean, the the fact of the matter is that, and we knew this, but how much money hospitals are getting uh, for COVID patients? That's right. I mean, it, it, that's uh, it's so scary. Sad, uh, very sad, but and, true. And, and, and then the pressure, the pressure that doctors are getting right. to conform to a certain line of practice. And uh, you know, for example, these COVID treatments, doctors are, are doctors are uh, forbidden in many ways, or pressured not to provide uh, 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 prescriptions for things like ivermectin and uh, hydroxychloroquine. And now we can't get the uh, the uh, antibodies apparently because of the uh, decision made by the President of the United States. Wake up, people! Yeah, and see what they're doing. This one doctor, you didn't hear him because. Um, I think you came in to the broadcast right after right after this doctor, but uh, he's from the Northeast, and I, and I can't remember which city he's from. I think it was Connecticut. I'm not sure, but but uh, tr for tr for trying to save his patients, to trying to treat his patients, he had his uh, hospital uh, what privileges. Do you call privileges taken away and ruined his his. Medical career. Well, the same things happened to Dr. Robert to Malone. That's uh, happened to so many people who have wanted to speak out against Fauci and the CDC. And the consequence, people who are trying to speak the truth are censured uh, by the uh, by Facebook, by uh, well, yeah, but, Twitter, but, but, but also by the, to lose your license. One thing to to uh, to lose your medical license uh, to provide because you're providing good medical care. That's just unconscionable. Uh, a couple things stood out to me, and, and you know, it, it was five hours long. In my mind, they could have gone on for another five hours. Absolutely. Go on for another day. Another day, exactly. Uh, one, Dr. Uh, Senator Johnson said, well, we were going to have to look into this and get some committees, and one person, one doctor said, <laughs> you can't waste time with the committees. Yeah. We need to get action on this now. And, uh, remember that nurse who was last? Yeah. She was... Astounding. 
Uh, if you have a chance, it gives me goosebumps just to just think of of her testimony. If you get a chance to watch the last half hour uh, of the, uh, again, I, uh, link in my newsletter, but just see, make sure that you see this. The, the key is that uh, the American people need to see the truth, and this is Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson, providing the truth with this panel. It's not available anywhere else. I mean, you could certainly find snippets and articles and so forth in different outlets, media outlets. But this uh, panel is something that I think all of our listeners should really take the time. It's five hours, but it's well worth every minute. And make sure you see the last half hour. That nurse was just spectacular. What about that? What about that one attorney from the Department of Defense who was? Oh, that's another thing. I mean, this guy's uh, representing whistleblowers, and. Uh, he, he, what what he highlighted is the corruption that's going on. It's just unbelievable that uh, you know we we have real reasons to have concerns about uh, healthcare. How about providers. scared to death? Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. It's just unbelievable. So, um, well, so so just after after listening to that, it just made me think of. I mean, tomorrow, not tomorrow. Today's Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, James O'Keefe is going to be at seat to table. Uh, he's, his mm. book is coming out, uh, Muckrakers, or, or something about Muckrakers. It's already on the, on the bestseller list. But, um, but the fact that he, he was one of the first ones to talk to one of these whistleblowers from the Department of Defense and expose what was going on. And this, this guy, Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. He's fearless. He's fearless, and he has to wear a, a bulletproof vest most of the time when he's out because because he's had so many threats. He might get Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the real and uh, he's going to be a seat to table. That's pretty. That's Thursday from three to five. Uh, you know, we're so blessed to have uh, Alfie Oaks in this community who stands up for freedom and all the rights that that are provided to us by the Bill of Rights and the U.S. Constitution. Uh, which, which, by the way, Biden and his and his uh, circle are chipping at, bit by bit. They're yep. ju- they're taking away our rights, um, with every day, just about. And Alfie Oaks is standing up for it, as is, of course, um, so Trump is, is this and James a, O'Keefe. And is this something that people have to sign up at? No, I, not that I'm aware of. Where you can just show up, but I have a feeling it's going to be standing room only. Yeah, I mean, people are going to be standing in lines to get. His, I'm sure he'll be uh, promoting his book and selling his book. Well, right. His his big reveal for his book is, I think, the 29th in mm-hmm. Miami. But he's coming to Naples first. Yeah. Before he goes to Miami, and and I think he was selling tickets to the big reveal for his book in Miami. But but I don't think Naples is uh, anything like that. So interesting. Seed to table, such a treasure right here on the on the Paradise the Coast. Happiest place. Yeah. So uh, you know, good message for our listeners. Just please do uh, take a look at uh, the. Ron Johnson's panel from yesterday is so important, the information that's included in there. And to listen to some such bright, committed people who have been cut off from their practices, who've uh, been censured, uh, you, you, uh, lost their medical licenses and so forth, prime only because they're speaking out against the corruption of uh, uh, Dr. Fauci and the CDC. By the way, one thing, and I know we're running out of time, but one thing that just, I want to go back and listen to Dr. Malone's, uh, what he had to say yesterday, because uh, he had the opportunity to talk to Nancy Pelosi. I believe it was last fall, and they were talking about this. Nancy Pelosi said, don't ever, we don't want you talking about this. Yeah. 
Unbelievable. Linda, I just always appreciate your commentary here in the show. I don't uh, have a, I never have enough time. Well, we know, but uh, it's great. There's so much out there to talk about, though. There, there certainly is. But thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, we've got great guests for tomorrow's show, including Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute, and Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. We're going to do a deep dive on American culture uh, with Andy. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.